just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope the start of your week is going well, and I hope the rest of your week is even better. Now, we've got a lot of news stories to talk about, some disconcerting shit. But before I do that, I want to talk about a couple of personal things that relate to some of the news stories that are going on now. Now, just today on TikTok, I made a post concerning the situation in Waukesha, where a red SUV plowed through a Christmas parade, killing five people and injuring 40 people. Now, this angered me. This was unnecessary. This was uncalled for. And it's really kind of tiring seeing this kind of violence going on all over the place. I have a particular interest in this particular scenario because I was involved in something like that. And I'll talk about that more when we get to the parade. So when I did this post toward the end of it, clearly I'm upset and angry about this. But I know what I'm saying. And I said, this country has a lot of problems. We need to forcibly adjust attitudes in this country. I meant what I said. And it may sound a little inflammatory, but you all know me. You know I don't advocate violence. In fact, I advocate just the opposite. But the thing about it is, is when I posted that, most people agreed and said, hey, yeah, I agree with you, all that stuff. But there was one person who commented, and they said, how exactly are we going to forcibly adjust attitude. You sound like the Kyle Rittenhouse people. And I said, well, ma'am, then you misread what I said. I've never advocated violence. I'm not trying to be like the Trumplicans. That would be the last thing I would want to do. I mean, these people are advocating civil war, insurrection, carrying guns into protest, leaving bombs in Washington, D.C. during the insurrection. If you aren't angry about that, then you've got the problem, not me. So she's trying to discern what I meant when I said forcibly adjust attitudes. Well, the only legal way to forcibly adjust attitudes in this country, and this country certainly needs it, is by accountability. Arresting these people, trying these people, convicting these people, making them accountable, and punishing these people. All too often, we see these people get away with the most horrific shit. So we need to be stronger about this. We need to be more aggressive and assertive in going after these fucking criminals. And we can't allow them to use the justice system to game the system. That's what I mean. And I would have thought that would have been apparent. Now, what she's trying to get me to say is, oh, he screwed up. He said something he didn't mean. No, ma'am. I said exactly what I mean in the way I meant it. I think about what I say and how I say it before I do it. And I stand by everything I say. You will never hear me walk something back. Unless I say something completely stupid, I would walk that back. But I mean every bit of that. This country has been weak judicially on criminals like this. And now we got this 
part of the country that is advocating violence. If we don't get tough, if we don't get strong, if we don't forcibly enforce the laws, we're fucking lost. Now, what troubled me about this this commenter, they kept coming and coming, and everything I said, I explained what I meant. Well, that doesn't sound like what you meant. I don't give a fuck. How are you telling me what I meant or how I should say something? I said, listen, if you don't like what I say, if you don't like how I say it, it's very simple. Don't watch. Just don't watch. Block me if you want. And then she said, well, that's a cowardly way out. You're not accountable for what you say. I am absolutely accountable for what I say. My face is on it. My voice is on it. And what I say is right there. I said, why don't you do a video expressing your opinion on how you think this should be handled? And, of course, they won't do that. They don't feel comfortable doing that, and that's fine. So we're going back and forth on this, and every time I try to address whatever questions he has, comes back with something else. Not, not addressing what I said, just coming at me with something else. So now that puts me in a predicament. Now, this person doesn't appear to be a Trumplicant or anything like that, but she's not letting go of this. She's not accepting my explanation. So I'm in a quandary here. Under normal situations, if it was a Trumplicant or a racist or whatever, I'd immediately block them. But now I have to consider to block this person, not because I'm afraid to argue with them, not because I don't think I can make my point, but it's taken up a lot of time. She's not accepting anything I say, and that's fine. But I do have my First Amendment right, and I'm not doing anything wrong. She can argue with me, and I'm happy to argue with anybody about anything I say. But when you keep going, not listening to what I say, but keep going. Now I have another problem on TikTok. Not so much here, but on TikTok. If I keep arguing with this woman... A point, at a point, she's going to get upset and get angry and want to do something in return. So what's she going to do? She's going to attempt to take down my video or maybe ban my account. Well, I've said when I've dealt with Trumplicans, I just fucking block them. I don't, I don't even deal with them. But this is a quandary. I don't know what this person is going to do. And frankly, my account and my platform to say what I want to say and talk to the people who are my peers, far more important than what this one person thinks or wants to do. I don't know what her goal is. I don't know what it is. And you got, I, I got to be honest with you, I've dealt with this for 40 years. When you're on the radio or on TikTok or even in a podcast, People love to find out when you're wrong. I don't know what's, why it's such a win to them. If, if I say something, it's just a miscue by accident. They want to point it out and they want to hold me to a standard where it says, you can't make a mistake because you're talking into a microphone. Well, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. This particular situation, I didn't make a mistake. I said exactly what I fucking mean. This country needs to get tough and forcibly enforce the laws and hold people accountable. I don't care what you think I said. That's what I said. That's what I meant. And that's all you get. So I'm in a situation. Do I block this woman? I almost have to block this person. I've had other situations where people are just trying to mix it up and argue and fight and whatever, whether they're trying to gain clout or, or they're just 
trying to make themselves look smart. I don't know. But I have to block this person. Not because of any other reason other than I'm putting my account at risk because I don't know what that person is going to do. I feel bad about that. I'm happy to debate with anybody. But when you go on and on and on and it gets tedious, you start to think, oh, this person might go off the deep end and get angry. Say I make a point that she can't answer. Well, she's not answering any of my points. She's coming at me with something different every time. She said, well, if you block me or I block you, that's the coward ways out. No, it's fucking not. It's not the coward ways out. If I knew that they weren't going to do something to harm what I built here after all this year, then I'd debate with you all fucking day. But I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're capable of. So I have to protect my account. It's frustrating sometimes. I I saw it when I worked in the radio business. People just want to argue with you. And when you give them an answer, they don't accept it. Somehow they know more what I was thinking or what I said or what I meant, and they don't. They just want to argue about it. And I don't have time to argue about it. If someone came to me said on my post and said, Mike, that's a stupid fucking idea, I'd say, okay, explain to me why. And then I'd explain to you why I said what I said. That's it. That's all that needs to be done. We can debate about it for years and years, but I don't know you. You don't really know me. And what's the point? And that gets me to the next point that kind of meshes with what I'm talking about up here. Now, on TikTok, if you don't know about this and not on TikTok, I'll explain it. There's a guy... On TikTok, he went by the name of Misfit um, Warrior. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Misfit Patriot. And then he changed it because he lost his account to Modern Patriot. Now, this guy is nothing more than the Trump you know. He's, he's out there calling people names and then acting like the victim when people go after him. There are big creators out there drag him and all over the place, affecting his life and affecting what he's doing on TikTok. And the guy just won't stop. People ask me, what do you think about that guy? Because he's all over TikTok. And I tell people, you know what I think about that guy? I don't think about that guy. He's inconsequential to me. A guy like that, I would block. I block literally hundreds of people like that because they're inconsequential to me. And they're also a risk to my account. They will no doubtedly not like what I have to say. And they'll come in and they'll take down a video and then they'll try to take down the account. So the best thing to do is block them. They can't see me. I can't see them. And the only important thing to me is to have my platform, speak my piece, and interact with my peers. That's all I care about. I'm not looking to argue with Trumplicans or anything because it's a no-win situation. It's a no-win situation, and it puts my account at risk. Now, I'm not putting down the people that are dragging this guy all over TikTok. They can do whatever they want. But if I spend all that time arguing with this guy, dragging this guy, that's taking time away from what my goal is by speaking about the things I want to speak on get my information out and talk to my peers, my followers, whatever you want to call them. That's just my choice. So when it comes to 
modern patriot or any of these fuckers like that. I don't care. I don't have an interest in it. You see, the problem is these people that are dragging them are giving this guy oxygen. He wasn't a big creator by any means. But now he's become the best-known face on TikTok because everybody's stitching him or duetting him and and uh, dragging him all over the place. And yes, they're causing him problems both online and in his personal life. And if that's what they want to do, that's fine. I'm not going to begrudge them. This fucking guy deserves it. But that's not what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in debate. I'm not even interested in having naysayers on my TikTok account or even on the podcast. And people say, well, how are you going to change their minds if you don't talk to them? Look, I can't change their minds. I have tried for four years. I've realized I can't, so fuck that. I'm not going to. I'm just going to deliver a message to the people who want to hear it. And that's all I want to do. And that kind of goes back to the woman with the comments on my post. She wants to argue. She wants to debate. And that's fine. That's fine. I will do that within reason. But when you drag it out for a long time and you get a little more heated and a little more heated, then I feel concern about my situation. I'm not going to give up something I work for for one person, whether they be a Trumplican or somebody who just wants to debate what they think I said. Okay? <laughs> oh, it's frustrating sometimes. I got to be honest with you. Since I've been blocking all these uh, patriots, I very rarely have trouble on my post. I very rarely get naysayers. My post isn't to argue with Trumplicans. My post is to get information out to people that want it, need it, and can use it. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. Now, I'm not one to walk away from a fight, but only when it's reasonable and only when it's necessary. I am frustrated with this country, with Trumplicans and people who are doing these violent acts affecting innocent people. And if you aren't angry about that, there's something wrong with you. Because if we allow this to continue to happen, well, then what we're going to do is have a country that we don't recognize. We can't let this continue to happen. We have to be strong. We have to speak out. We have to expose things. We have to convict people and hold them accountable. If we do not act strongly, we are in fucking trouble. The reason we are in the situation we are currently in is because a lot of us have been apathetic. Sit back and say, oh, there's nothing we can do. Let's just see what happens. Well, we're beyond that now. We're at a point we better act, we better fight. And when I say fight, I don't mean go out in the street with guns, for Christ's sake. I mean with our voices, with our votes, with whatever we can do. We do have to fight for this country because we're losing it. And I'm not willing to do that. And by speaking the way I do on TikTok or on podcast, it's not to start fight with these idiots. I can't... You can't beat these guys because they don't listen. They don't understand facts. But you do have to be strong about this. And hopefully, by doing what I do, I can encourage other people to feel the same sense of urgency. And that will affect their votes and affect their voices and whatever. That's the point of what I do. Now, it's interesting. 
it's it's interesting seeing the people you meet on TikTok or in the podcast. The podcast is much different. I don't have the restrictions uh, of somebody trying to take down my account or whatever. But I have had that problem with TikTok, and I want to protect it. I have 105,000 followers or peers or whatever I want to call them. And I want to protect that, not only for my sake, but for their sake. We all have a voice here, and we want to make sure it gets out, and it's strong. The more peers I have on TikTok, the more powerful the message is, the more it gets out to more people. I've said this before. One of the big things about Republicans, Trumplicans, one of the reasons they've gotten as far as they can, they could because they weren't apathetic. They were loud and proud, even though they were lying. Even though they are wrong, even though they are stupid, they were loud. And that narrative gets out. And not everybody knows the whole story. They only hear what they hear. So they get behind somebody that thinks, well, he's going to be a strong guy. He's going against the government, so I'm going to vote for him. But they don't know the specific details in the background or what the facts are. So if you're going to fight against somebody who talks loud and proud... The way you fight back is talk louder and prouder and with more people. That's the point of what I'm doing with TikTok and podcasting. I'm trying to speak a message that we all know and understand, but get it out there louder because it hasn't been loud, because we have been apathetic and we haven't paid attention to what is going on in this country. So Trumplicans, as far as I'm concerned, they don't exist. They're not consequential to anything I'm doing. That's why I ignore them. That's why I block them. The only people that matter to me are the people that listen to this podcast and listen to TikToks because they're the only sensible people. They're the only ones with common sense, and they're the only ones that care about the country to want something better for this country. Those are the people I want to deal with, not these dumb fucks. Or not these people that come at me and try to argue with me about what I say or how I say it. I have that right. I have a First Amendment right. If you don't like it, don't watch it. That's what I do with Trumplicans. I hate what they say. They're talking about civil wars and all this shit. Now, I could complain about every one of them, but it would be endless. I just don't listen to them. I block them. I don't want them listening to me. And... That's what we need to do. We need to focus on the things that are important in this country and fight, fight for our freedom, fight for our democracy. Because we're at a point now, it's not like, well, in a couple of years, if this, if we don't do this, this will happen. This is fucking right now. This is 2022. This is 2024. If we don't fight now, we're fucking lost and try to get it back once we lose it. That's almost impossible. So, hopefully I clarified that for some people. I'm not advocating violence, but I am advocating strength. I am advocating people getting out there and fighting for their rights. That doesn't mean taking guns to the streets. And if you think that, you're the one that has the problem. We know, as normal people, me and you listening, what we mean. We're talking about getting strong in this country. The Democrats have long been known to be pushovers. We can't do that anymore. There is no more time left. 
And when I say we need to be strong and adjust attitudes, I mean exactly that. We have to do that. We've got too many people in this country ready to grab guns or make bombs and start fighting with people who disagree with them. I don't want to fight in the streets with them, but I want to shut them down. And the one way to do it, hold them accountable and control the narrative by speaking louder, speaking the truth, speaking facts. And that's what I mean by that. Because for a long time, we have been weak as fuck, been apathetic. And these people have been given the opportunity to rise up above the surface, say what they want to say, whether it's racist, whether it's misogynistic or anti-Semitic or violent. They've been allowed to say it. And I want to stop that before it becomes the norm. Because when that happens, trust me, the people on the left are going to get tired of these people threatening them. And then we might see people on the left rise up. And then we've got a fucking mess. If we aren't strong with these people now, we are in trouble. If you think I'm advocating violence in the streets, you're mistaken. You're not fucking listening. So, as long as we've clarified that, I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk about some of the news stories in the next half. So, stick with us, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So quickly on the heels the Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty verdict. We have uh, some more crazy shit, no, more tragedy in Wisconsin. This one took place in Waukesha, Wisconsin. They're having their traditional Christmas parade. They didn't have it last year because of COVID, so they're glad to get back to the tradition, get the families out, get uh, the high school out, have some fun, and enjoy this tradition going into the holidays. It's about as homespun and apple pie as anything. And they're out there enjoying themselves. When a red SUV comes up from behind the parade and decides to plow through the parade, running people over, crashing into the things, five people were killed, 40 people were injured. Now, why does something like that fucking happen? This wasn't a protest. This wasn't some crazy event. People just living their lives trying to have fun. But this clown goes through it, goes through this whole parade, killing people and injuring people seriously. I mean, what the fuck is happening with this world? It's kind of confusing as to what's going on with this investigation. We understand they have a person of interest. We understand they got the vehicle. They're not saying that this guy is the one that did it, although it may very well be. We'll hear more when they have the press conference and talk about it. Hopefully they'll tell us something that we don't already know. They're also talking about a situation where it might have been part of a previous crime, a stabbing, and this person might have been in a car trying to get away in some kind of chase, which I find hard to believe because there was no police officers that followed them. 
there would be police cars if it was in fact a chase instead, uh, unless he was just trying to get away. There's also some talk that this person who did this was in prison as of, or in jail anyway, as of last Friday. But he had gotten out because uh, overcrowding with COVID and all this kind of stuff, and they put him out on a $1,000 bail. Now, I don't know if any of that is true. We don't know a lot about what happened other than five people died, 40 people were injured, and it is an absolute tragedy. And it's ironic that it would come in Wisconsin just days after Kyle Rittenhouse gets off from killing two people in a protest. Now, this situation is of particular interest to me. Because when I was young, I was kind of involved in something like this on a smaller scale. And nobody died. But it was horrific at the time. I was at uh, the park I hung out in South Minneapolis. All our friends hung out there. And there was a kid we knew that uh, was riding his bike by the park. Somebody said something to him. He looked away. And he ended up rear-ending a parked car. So he flipped the bike over, fell hurt on the street. So all of us went over rushing to the kid and kind of encircled him. And I assume people were calling ambulances and that sort of thing. Well, then some older man pulls up behind the crowd. He gets out, tries to act like he's in control. I don't know what he knows or who he knows, but he's yelling and screaming, get the hell out of the way, get the hell out of the way. And, of course, kids 13, 14, 15 aren't listening to shit. Their friend is down there hurt, and they're concerned about it, and uh, they're looking to see what happens. Nobody's listening to them. So this guy, somebody hears him, this guy gets in his car and says, I'll show these motherfuckers how to move. He gets in the car, he starts the car, and he drives right through the crowd of kids. That fucking happened. I happened to be standing next to a parked car, straddling my bike. Now, when he went through the crowd, he hit my bike, pinched my knee against the car, and it swelled up, and it was in bad shape. But I wasn't the one that suffered the most. A girl I knew was completely run over and seriously injured. Another boy got hit in the back and hurt his back and caused some severe cuts. And yet another person was hit as well. And I don't know all the details of what happened to that person. Well, this was crazy. Now, you got to picture me. I'm 14 years old. I'm a football player. I'm in shape. I'm angry. I'm stupid. And I'm young. This guy has the audacity to stop the car after he run out, run over these kids and stand there and he's still screaming. Well, I'm upset. <laughs> as you might imagine. And I'm not seriously injured yet. My my knee hasn't blown up as yet. It will, and I'll have trouble walking later that day. But at that moment, I could still move around, and I'm pissed off. I just watched this guy run over my friends for no fucking good reason. So I picked up my bike, I walked over to the guy, and I threw the bike at him. Didn't hit him. Missed him completely, and I said some choice words, which you might expect out of a 14-year-old kid when you watch some old fuck run over your friends. And, of course, the crowd got pretty angry at him. He ultimately left. The cops came, and everything kind of cleared out. Well, now, this guy was a neighbor guy. He lived in the neighborhood. People knew who he was. 
And so this guy got a lot of death threats through the mail, on the phone, and that sort of thing. And I don't even know what happened to this guy. I think he got taken in. I think he got charged with something minimally and really didn't, didn't pay any price and wasn't held accountable. But I'm sitting at home taking care of my knee, not being able to walk. And because I picked up that bike and had the audacity to yell at him after running over my friends, I'm sitting in my house. My mom says, Mike, the police are here. I go, well, I figure they want to get some, get some uh, information about what exactly happened. And maybe I can be a witness. It's not what happened. Fucking cops come in. They sit down with this 14-year-old kid and they say, you know, this guy's been getting death threats and all that sort of thing. And we're concerned it might have been you. I go, what? First of all, I don't know where he lives. I couldn't send him a letter. I haven't called him. You can check that fucking out. But you're here. This guy runs over kids, and you're here accusing me of, of, of going after this guy and threatening this guy. I said, look, everybody saw it. I picked up my bike. I threw my bike. I called him a fucking asshole and yelled at him. But that was the extent of it. After that, I come home. I got a serious leg injury that I've got to deal with. I don't have time to go after this guy, especially since I didn't know who he was. Other people knew he was in the neighborhood, and I'm sure other people were sending letters. If your kid just got ran over by a fucking old man, probably you're going to be angry, but you're coming to me to accuse me. I just got hit by a guy for no reason, and you're accusing me of threatening him. I said, you know, I hadn't even thought about it, but now that you mention it, somebody should threaten this motherfucker because you're not doing anything about it. Well... In the end, fortunately, everybody recovered. The one girl that got completely run over, there was some concern about it for probably a month. But after being in that situation and watching it up close, I can't even fucking imagine what happened in Waukesha. I mean, this guy was going at high speed. The guy in my situation was stopped. He started up going you know, maybe 10 miles an hour because he was just starting. But still, getting run over by a 3,000-pound car is problematic. I watched the video of this guy going through this crowd. He had no concern for hitting anybody. In fact, some people think he was purposely trying to hit people. That is fucking appalling. There is no excuse for that. I don't care if he was running from somebody or if he was intentionally doing it. This guy needs to be caught and suffer some consequences. It's, it's, it's maddening to me to see this after having experienced what I did. And uh, I'm a little angry about it because there is no excuse for that. These poor people are walking along having fun, having this, this traditional homespun thing. Not expecting anything. There's no trouble at this thing. And this fucking idiot starts to drive through it, killing and injuring people. I don't know how this is going to play out. It's still early. It happened yesterday, so I'm going to be watching it closely. Like I say, I have kind of a personal interest in it, having experienced what I experienced. I got to tell you, when you're in a crowd of people and a car is racing through it and you know people are going to get run over, it is fucking frightening. For a 14-year-old or for a 54-year-old, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I, I, I get upset about this because I know what something like this can done, and this is far worse than what I experienced. So like I was talking about in the previous segment, that when I see something about this, I get angry. And I should be angry. Everybody should be angry. And this kind of behavior, this kind of attitude needs to be changed in this country. Because we are going to see tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And I'm sick of fucking seeing it. I don't care what it takes to stop it. It needs to stop. All right. Next up, let's talk about Ahmed Arbery. Now, I saw the closing arguments on Ahmed Arbery's murder trial. And they're going to go to the jury. The jury will deliberate and hopefully come back with a verdict sometime soon. Now, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, it's just going to be like Kyle Rittenhouse. He's going to get off. Well, I beg to differ with that. And maybe this is just hopeful thinking. But just looking at the facts, it, it's not possible. I mean, with Kyle Rittenhouse, I was hoping he'd be convicted. That would have been the right thing to do. But I'm not surprised he got off, given the circumstances. We're talking a protest. There was some violence there. He was there with a gun. Shouldn't have been there. He should have been uh, convicted of murder. He was not. But with the Ahmed Arbery, Arbery, this is a different situation. There was no protest. There was no violence. Here's a black man running down the street just running down the street like anybody might. Now, apparently, a ways away, there was some kind of crime, some kind of theft, okay? And we got three Trump-la-fuck idiots in two cars with two guns. They see a black man running down the street. Immediately, they decide, oh, he's guilty. He must have did that job over there. Even still... It's hard for me to imagine that they thought he was involved because he wasn't fucking carrying anything. If he stole something, wouldn't he be carrying it? No. He was just running down the street. So these guys decide, we're going to make a citizen's arrest because he's black and we're white, so we're right. So they go after him in the trucks. He's just running away. They finally stop him. And even after stopping them, he's trying to get away. One guy gets out of his truck with a shotgun, points it at Ahmad Arbery, kills him, shoots him, and kills him. Well, now, of course, these guys go to court. This guy, McMichael, who shot the shotgun that killed Arbery, is on trial, and he even testifies. But here's the vast difference between this and the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Ahmad Arbery was running away. They had to go catch him. When they did catch him, he was still trying to get away. They were threatening him with the trucks, trying to run him over, run him off the road, whatever they were trying to do. But then they get out with a shotgun and shoot the guy. Now, Ahmad Arbery has no weapon, zero weapons. He's trying to get away. Now, here's the problem with the court case. The defendant's defense is self-defense. They were in fear of their lives, of a guy who's running away, a guy who's trying to get away, a guy who doesn't have a gun. And they are three guys in two trucks with guns. So where's the self-defense here? This seems very cut and dried. There is no defense for the defendants. 
this isn't self-defense. Because what was Arbery going to do? Was He had no gun. He was trying to get away. If these people wanted to be safe and they were in fear for their lives, first of all, you lock the doors on the truck and you stay in it. You got guns. If he tries to break in, you got guns. But he doesn't try to break in. He's trying to get a fucking way, and you're trying to keep him. Or if you think you're in danger, you're in a fucking truck. He's on foot. Drive the fuck away. But you don't do that. So when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the jury, theoretically, there should be no defense for self-defense. Because there was no self-defense here. So in a perfect world, these guys should be convicted and go to jail. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't go the other way. We've seen some horrible situations like Trayvon Martin or people like that. But I'm hoping against hope that in the current climate in this country, the right thing is done with this. Logically, I can't see any other way than convicting these guys. Now, if, it, if they don't get convicted, I'm going to be completely disappointed with the judicial system. There is no way in the world these guys get off from this situation. You can't just chase a person down, shoot them, and say, ah, it's self-defense. Because if that's the case, everybody's going to be walking around with guns, shooting unarmed people, and say, ah, it's self-defense. Fucking crazy. I mean, what about this, what about this guy who drove through the parade? I mean, can this fucking clown drive through a, a Christmas parade, kill a bunch of people, get caught and say, ah, oh, it was self-defense. You know, I was trying to get beer and Antifa was trying to stop me. Now, that sounds a little sarcastic, I know, and I meant it to be. But the fact of the matter is, is this is what I'm talking about. People need to be held accountable for legitimate crimes. I'm hoping the guy in the SUV gets caught gets tried, convicted, and punished. But before we even get to that, we've got this Ahmed Arbery situation. Is he going to get caught? Is he going to be tried, convicted, and punished? Well, I fucking hope so, because all the facts of the uh, event prove that he just murdered a guy. There is no self-defense defense here. They weren't... Arbery couldn't do anything. He was just trying to get away. So a lot is, there's a lot going on here with this court case. And I'm hoping against hope that the right thing is done. The right verdict is found. And in my mind, I expect there's no way they can't convict these guys. There's just no way. There's no wiggle room in this fucking situation. I mean, I didn't think there was much wiggle room in the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. But when you get a judge like you got, it's always a problem. Now, in this case with Arbery, the judge is more reasonable. The judge is more literally a fair judge. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Arbery. I just can't imagine these people not getting convicted. I don't know what the fuck anybody says, but I don't know how it's not possible that these people will be convicted. Now let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse real quickly. People are upset that he was uh, he was uh, the verdict he got was not guilty on all charges. Okay, people are upset about that, and I understand that. This young man should have been convicted of murder. Now, why wasn't he convicted? 
Now, people will say, oh, Wisconsin's the uh, Alabama of the North, or we got all these insurrectionist Trumplifucks there, that's why. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I go to Wisconsin a lot. I live in Minnesota. There's a lot of good people in Wisconsin. There's a lot of great places to go in Wisconsin. Fuck, Wisconsin voted for Biden. So there's a blue presence in Wisconsin. You can't blame it on the whole state. So why did it happen? Well, here's the interesting thing. Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's mom is a certified nursing assistant. It's not a big job. She doesn't make a lot of money. There's no way she could fund a defense fund. She couldn't mount a defense fund. She doesn't have the money. So what happens? Well, a bunch of Trumplifucks decide to make Kyle Rittenhouse their hero, their poster boy. They get some crowdfunding together, and they gather $2 million for Kyle Rittenhouse's defense. Then what do they do? They go out and get a lawyer who was part of the O.J. Simpson defense team back in the 90s. So this guy specializes in getting murderers off, free and clear. So they come to court. They're able to mount a sizable case in Kyle Rittenhouse, his favor. And this high-powered lawyer is now going against a a half-assed prosecution team. I don't know much about them, but they did a horrible job. And, of course, Kyle Rittenhouse gets off. And everybody thinks he got away free and clear. He'll never suffer any consequences. And I differ with you there, too. And a good example is, since we were talking about the O.J. trial and this lawyer helping to get him off, let's look at what happened to O.J. O.J. is buried in civil court debt. He owes more money than he can ever pay back in his lifetime. And also, wherever he goes, he once was a famous, well-loved guy. But now wherever he goes, he's a, he's a pariah. He's a joke. That's what the rest of his life is about. Huge debt, being a joke or a pariah. Now, you see, the same thing is going to happen to Kyle Rittenhouse. There are going to be tons of civil suits, and he's going to be buried in debt for the rest of his life. The big difference is that O.J. was like 50. Kyle's 18. He's got a long life ahead of him. And he's also going to be a pariah in many areas. Everybody knows his face. Yeah, Kyle wanted to be famous. Well, he's famous now, but he ain't going to like it for the next 60 years. Because everybody's going to know that he's a high-profile murder suspect. And a lot of people that see him won't agree with the fact that he got off. He's going to be a pariah. And where he's not a pariah, he's going to be a joke amongst people. This punky 18-year-old kid with a smart-ass smile who cries at a drop of a hat. You think he's not going to have trouble from some other people while on the streets or in bars or wherever he might go? Fucking of course he is. And then you say, you see that he wants to be a nurse like mom. Okay, you want to be a nurse. So now try to go get a job with a hospital after being a high-profile murder suspect that everybody in the world knows and three-fourths of the country fucking hate. You think a hospital's going to hire you? You think any 
fucking company is going to hire you. The only thing that Kyle Rittenhouse might be qualified to do is to work in one of those shitty little uh, Trump merch shacks and try to sell Trump 2020 shirts. Who else is going to hire him? So you see, the deal here is that this kid may live to be 80 years old. And he's going to deal with all this shit, being a pariah, being a joke, being stuck with all this debt. Now, in Kyle's mind, he's famous now. So he's thinking, well, the Trumplicans will keep me safe. The Trumplicans will take care of me for the rest of my life. No, they're not. These Trumplicans are like children or like dogs. They're only interested in the next shiny thing. The next person or event that catches their fancy. That's all they fucking care about. And once Kyle Rittenhouse is no longer a big story in the news, he's going to fade off into oblivion. These Trumplicans aren't going to pay any attention to you. You want proof? Think of all the insurrectionists that thought they were going to get pardoned from Donald Trump. Did they? No. Do you think they're going to take care of Kyle Rittenhouse five years from now? Hell no. Kyle's going to be stuck with the debt. Kyle's going to be stuck with the stigma of being Kyle Rittenhouse. And he's got 60 years to live through it. So if you think Kyle Rittenhouse has gotten away free and clear, don't. Because Kyle hasn't gotten away with it. His life is going to be shit. And you know what? His mom's might be too. Because she drove him there, she may be in a position to be sued as well. And then she'll have all kinds of debt over her head. These people will never make enough money to pay that debt back. Never, ever. And if you think the Trumplicans are going to help you, ah, you may want to think that over. Because they aren't. They don't help other people unless they're of value to them. See, they got $2 million for you because they wanted to mount the defense team. They wanted to win this court case. But now that the court case is over, they don't give two fucks about you. They might have you on Tucker Carlson for a month or so, but six months, a year from now, you're old news. You don't fucking matter. And now Kyle Rittenhouse is going to have to live with what he did and the the, uh, results of what he did. Like I say, huge debt from civil courts, Uh, being a pariah or a joke amongst everybody, everywhere you go. You might find little pockets of Trumplicans that say, oh, there's that cute kid. Hey, buy you a beer. But they're not going to take care of you. And most people in this country think you're a little fucking guilty asshole. So good luck with that. And the only other thing to consider is that uh, the Fed still may do something in this with gun charges, interstate charges, your mom could be charged. We don't even know what the Feds are doing, but you can bet they're thinking about it, they're working on it, and you may go through at least one more court case. All right, I've ranted enough today. I'm going to wrap things up. We'll be back with the Rational Boomer podcast very soon. So stick with us. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.